Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's your college football roundtable. We're live from Marley's Gourmet Sliders right here in Linden. Timpanogos Harley-Davidson. Come grab some jazz gear, get some delicious food, mention The Zone, get free fries, enter to win BYU-Utah tickets. We're doing it all down here. Uh, we want to remind you about our friends at Diamond Airport Parking. Uh, begin and end every great trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car-to-curb service, 24-7 airport shuttles, fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water. Plus, no one beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Uh, park, ride, and save Diamond Airport Parking. Patrick Kinahan jumps on the mic. And PK, it didn't take you much time to jump into the food either. No, it's good food, man. I've been down here many times, and I heard John Beck was going to be on. And John and I, two Arizona guys, we go back a long time. So if John's going to be here, I got to be here. And PK just got back from a Rolling Stones concert, so he's in, in a good mood. Yeah, so he's ready to he, he's ready to roll. He can't hear that well, but he's in a he's in a good mood. <laughs> All right, joining us now, of course, uh, BYU great quarterback. He is John Beck with us here on ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone. John, thanks for a few minutes. How are you? I'm doing good, guys. All right, John, tell us, uh, give us your tale of the tape, your gut feeling going into this big rivalry game. You know, I'm really curious to see how this thing plays out because, you know, I haven't had a chance to see Utah since last, since last year's game, right? I watched him in the Pac-12 championship, but what I mean is I haven't seen him since last year. But there's all this hype, right, of the type of program that they are and what's expected of them. And, you know, Lee Corso's picking them to make the college playoff and, they're already a top 15 team to start the season. So I'm really interested to see what this Utah team really looks like. I want to see offensively what BYU is going to do now having Zach Wilson with those last handful of games under his belt, the tweaks that were made at the end of last season, and then what they've done over this offseason to give an offense that is fit and put together for Zach, his strengths, and the guys around him. Because there was a bit of a adaptating, like, an adaptation offensively that BYU went through last year where they changed because of the change of quarterback. So those are kind of the two big things I want to see. And, you know, I hope things can work out well for the Cougars. They're obviously having to go up against a tough opponent, but it's at home. It's going to be an exciting environment. And those are my two main things. And I hope at the end of it, the Cougars come out on top. John, I wanted to ask you, how important is it for a quarterback to develop a go-to guy? I'm expecting Matt Bushman to have a big game, to have a big season. Uh, is that just sort of a, a, a security blanket for a quarterback to know there's a guy out there he can go to? Absolutely. I think it's uh, right on when you think that because there are situations where you have a chemistry, you just have so much faith and trust in that guy that you will throw balls that maybe with another receiver you would consider covered, but because it's that guy, you give him a chance. And I think if you go back and look at a lot of just these great, you know, quarterbacks that have done well, you can almost link them with somebody that they have had a lot of great games and chemistry with during their time. I mean, I, I can remember being around Drew Brees one time, and when he found out that Jimmy Graham wasn't going to get brought back to the Saints, he was in the middle of his workout, but he was furious because that was his guy. That was his guy that he could trust in those situations. And I had a guy like that in Johnny Harleen, and 
I think if you look back, back after me when Max Hall came in, he had Dennis and Austin. I mean, it's just it's been good for quarterbacks historically to have a guy like that. John, I see all sorts of parallels between you and Zach Wilson. You know, I was covering you guys back then on a day-to-day basis for the newspaper, and you had come from Arizona. I lived down there. I know the program that you had come from was pretty good. My wife teaches at Corner Canyon here in uh, Utah and Draper, so I know their program, know the coaches. It's pretty good. You both come in at a time that the program is not at its peak. You play a little bit as a freshman. Expected to play as a sophomore. We know by the time you were a senior, you were absolutely sensational. I want you to go back and think about, put yourself in Zach Wilson's mindset right now, the adjustments that you had to make from high school to college, and then what you were able to do from that first year of getting of experience and then into your second year and how much different, or I don't want to say necessarily easier it was, but how much better was the situation from freshman to sophomore year? Well, I think in my case, there are some similarities with Zach and some differences. I would say, you know, similarities are coming in with a lot of confidence because you come from a program that has won. And when I came to BYU, I just, you know, my last football season was, you know, before my mission, but we went, I think it was 13-1, and won a state championship. I've been named the player of the year. So confidence is high, right? And you're excited to go in and make your mark at the college. So there's similarities there. I love to work. I love to practice. I know Zach's the same way. One of the differences would be when I came home from my mission, the type of offense that Gary Croton was running was so different from what I ran in high school. And I know that nowadays with the spread offense and how it's gone into the high school ranks and with the tape and how kids can watch tape and these offenses and the way that they work together, guys are getting way more reps. Even if you look at the eleven on, or sorry, seven on seven that happens. But like when I was in high school, you maybe did a handful of seven on seven games in the summer. Now there are these circuits that kids come up in. So I think that might be one of the differences. But I can relate to probably what Zach's feeling right now because both of us played as freshmen, and even though it, there's probably some differences. When you play college football as a freshman, you are still learning a lot, and a lot of your experiences of learning happen on game days. And I can remember lots of times I'm running plays that, you know, I don't have a ton of experience running. But conceptually, it's good versus the defense that we're facing. So you have limited experience running it. You have limited experience playing at the level of college football. But you are going out there playing confidently, and then sometimes you make mistakes. Going into that next year, you get to look back and have all that experience in your back pocket where, okay, I've done this before. I know what this feels like. Hey, I've ran this concept more than just the week that we put it in for the game, but I called it in my player-run workouts in the offseason. I've watched a lot of tape on this. The, the defense is slowing down. It's making sense to me now. Coverage is more. So that's that big thing when you go into your second year is, you kind of just have more clarity of what's going on around you. And people always say, yeah, the game slows down. But it's not so much that the, the game slows down because you see, you know, because you see more. It's because your understanding of why guys are moving, you know where the piece goes before the piece starts moving. And, okay, I get it now. I get what they're trying to do. I get what I'm trying to do. It's not just a play. It's I know why the coach is calling this play because of what the defense is doing. So I think that Zach going into this season feels those very things. It, it builds a lot of excitement. 
I remember feeling so confident going into that 2004 season, even though they were saying it was going to be one of the toughest schedules BYU ever had. I remember feeling so confident because I'm like, okay, I've done this. I feel settled in. Great things are going to happen. So I'm sure Zach feels the same way. John Beck is with us, BYU, uh, former BYU quarterback on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. John, talk about what Zach's going, on, uh, going through off the field a little bit. What's it like to be that big quarterback, big man on campus at BYU? Well, you know, I think he has something that's more unique than any quarterback that's ever played at BYU because I don't know if there's ever been anybody that was a straight youth from birth all the way until probably high school graduation, right? Until Or not high school graduation, but until he came over to BYU. So I think it's a unique perspective of him because he was so tied into that program. Now he's on this side. I think that brings an element into it in the rivalry because I grew up in Arizona. The rivalry that I grew up with was ASU-U of A. And I sat in every single game watching that game, and I was on the Sun Devil side. And I can't imagine what it would be like to all of a sudden if I chose to go play at U of A and was all of a sudden their starting quarterback. The feelings that go on with that. (laughs) Say it again. Don't even mention it, John. I'm an ASU grad. Don't even mention (laughs) the thought of you possibly going to Tucson. Yeah, no, I I would have never done it. My parents, my dad, was a Sun Angel. He was a donor to Arizona State. We had baseball, football, and sometimes basketball tickets. It would have never happened. But with Zach, here you are the face of the BYU football program right now, but it's not a program that you grew up even watching. The only times you ever watched their games were when Utah played them. So I think that there's this thing that, yes, he's probably heavily invested in this rivalry, but it's not this thing that's inside of him where he was like bleeding blue since he was a kid. There are some players on BYU's team, they bled blue since they were a kid, and now they enter this rivalry, and it, and it impacts them different ways. And I think for Max and myself, both coming up and growing up with a different rivalry, we knew with this game, we knew that Utah was the rival, but you don't grow up really having the rivalry inside of you. And I think that that helps a little bit. So, you know, I know Zach wants to win like crazy, and I know that being the, you know, the quarterback at BYU, especially for this game, it's, it's everything because everybody knows the quarterback's got to play pretty dang good to give us a chance. But I do think there's this unique thing about him because he's BYU's quarterback. It's not something he grew up aiming for, and I think a little bit of that can help. John, I know that you work with and coach a lot of different kinds of quarterbacks. If you were coaching uh, Tyler Huntley, what what would you tell him? Uh, because obviously he's a great athlete, can throw it, he can run around a little bit. I mean, he shouldn't not utilize that ground game, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't sit here and say like I've seen enough of his tape to do a really great job of talking to him or giving him things. I've seen some of it enough to feel like I understand what he's trying to do with his game. And here's something that I've just learned as a player. In some games, when you are playing lesser talent, you can get away with playing only a certain aspect of your game and be successful. But this is why the NFL is such a competitive league, because you have to bring everything that you are capable of doing to the table in every game. And coaches coach you that way. And I think that that's why you look at a guy like Taysom Hill, of why he's so valuable right now to the Saints. It's because of everything that he can do. And if I was, you know, coaching Tyler and saying, all right, here's a big game, here's what you got to do, I would absolutely say bring everything to the table because we're going to need all of it. You're not playing some team where, hey, 
we don't need your legs today. We need this. Nope, that's not what this game is going to be. And I know that right now in the state, people are probably saying that, you know, Utah has the, you know, more, um, more skill guys. They probably have more potential or whatever that is. And because of the uh, recruiting, well, it doesn't matter because this is going to be a huge game energy wise, a huge game emotionally, and it's always a close game. And so he absolutely needs to use everything that he can. Now, on the flip side of all this, <laughs> I hope that he doesn't, right? Like, because I want to see the blue guys win. I hope he doesn't. But I've also had situations and more situations will come up to me this year because I actually coach a handful of the quarterbacks that BYU plays against. So it's these unique things because all offseason long I'm coaching these guys that I know in a couple weeks they're going to be playing against each other. And then a couple weeks after that, they're going to be playing against each other again. So – you know, I try to be good about what I give them because I care about the people and I care about them performing well. Sure, we understand that. That's the way it goes as you get older and you being in that business. You mentioned yourself uh, growing up in the Sun Devil situation there. Uh, they've got, uh, obviously, they're going to be a, uh, an opponent of Utah. They're starting a freshman quarterback, first-year freshman quarterback, just like SC did last year, Zach Wilson, JT Daniels. Now, he comes back. He's going to be starter his second year. Uh, what type of transition is it to go from high school to college as a first-year freshman all of a sudden being a starting quarterback from day one? You know, my experience was it was like I was playing a different game in some aspects because conceptually, schematically, all these different things were just so different. I think nowadays, I don't want to use the word easier because I don't think it's easy by any means to have a freshman go out there and play. But... I do believe that when they show up on campus, these freshmen nowadays, they are so much better prepared if they need to be plugged in and play because of what they've done. It's, they have an understanding of the concepts. They have an understanding of the schemes that are going on. I think they're much better prepared for defenses and uh, to understand defenses than they were 15 years ago. But all of that being said, right, it's still a big challenge to put an 18-year-old kid out on the field, having never started before. Like, you know, when I saw that Arizona State was going to do that, I've seen guys do that before. I think you just have to know as coaches and as a fan base, learning these experiences that he's going to have to go through, there's going to be some bad plays here or there. There's going to be some freshman mistakes. If you guys watched the Miami-Florida game the other day, Miami's redshirt freshman quarterback made a lot of young mistakes in that game. And some of those mistakes that he made should have never given him a chance to even possibly still be in the game at the end but because of some mistakes florida made they were i just think that just like jt daniels i think jt daniels is a great quarterback i've had the opportunity to train with him uh, for the last couple years and he's exceptional in what he can do but that still doesn't take away from the fact that he's going to have to go through some learning experiences when you put a young kid out on the field and say all right you're now the starting the starting quarterback of this university it's it's still a very steep challenge John, real quick before we let you go, I wanted to ask you what your reaction was and what your thoughts are on the retirement of Andrew Luck. You know, it was tough for me to see Andrew um, because to make that decision because he's such a really, really good special player. And I've had the opportunity through my mentor who has worked with uh, Andrew over the last couple seasons. So it wasn't as big of a shock to me as it was to other people because of some of the stuff that I know over these last couple of seasons. Andrew is a very tough person who's had to battle through a lot of things. And 
when you see Andrew and how well put together he is and how big and strong and physical of a guy he is, to have somebody like that be having to battle through these injuries, it shows just how physical the NFL game is and how being a starting quarterback consecutively for years at a time takes its toll on the body. And anytime somebody's body keeps getting beat up, beat up, beat up, it takes a mental and emotional toll that most people don't understand. And so to see Andrew have to do that, a part of me, like, I, I, I hurt for the guy because he stood at a podium, and you don't want to see great players have to stand at a podium in tears and end their career earlier than they want to. You want to see the great players stand at the end of it at a podium and walk away from the game when they choose to walk away because they feel like, I've accomplished everything that I've wanted. It's time to leave. Andrews is because, hey, I, I want to be okay personally. I want to be okay, and I need to make this decision for me, and that's tough. But I'm happy for him because it takes a lot of strength, and he's an exceptional guy, and he's going to be super successful in whatever he does afterwards. Um, and I think for him to stand in front and do what he did, I think he did make the right decision for him right now um, with everything that he's had to go through. It's tough. It's really tough. John, we can't thank you enough, as always, for giving us a few minutes and jumping on with us. Enjoy the game on Thursday. Thanks, guys. You guys, too. We'll see you. Thanks, John. Okay, I do not want to read Beck's comments here on the radio in the newspaper on Andrew Luck. I'm just saying. Oh, that's happening. No, I don't want the, that. That's the next Gordon you special coming right there. you got two separate jobs here. Come on. I'm tired of him double-dipping. When we go out to eat, he double-dips. Oh, really? On the nachos? Yeah, all the time. In the French fries, like he's doing right now, he double dips. Now, he would defend himself right now, but he's got a mouthful of shoes. Exactly, fries, so. see? I, I didn't hear a word he said. Oh, did good, he, did good. Did he say something? He did, yeah, and it, it could get really awkward, he's so too, that makes me happy. He's double dipping, see? That's hey, why. He, he gives uh, the station love. He mentions his co-host. That's all I care. You button it up over there. Well, he never mentions the morning show. So? Why would he do that? That's because good. we're a That's team. Because I, I never take anything from the morning show. Oh, <laughs> Shots fired. Oh, I know, because every jazz guest goes to your show. I get it. Wow. Why, oh. does it have to, why does it have to be like Let's this? Let's see. An GM, owner, new president, uh, Ed Davis, Jeff Green. Mike Conley. Yeah, well, I get it. Well, I get hold on it. a second here. Let's, let's look at this. Let's look at this objectively. Yeah, no. Let's look at it objectively. If you were, uh, I got Joe were, Ingles, if you and were, you were uh, handed everybody if, else. If you were, let's uh, look at it objectively. If you, if you were objective, <laughs> which show would you rather come on? Yeah, right. That's yeah, a great see, point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. I got it because which show is going to get the most softballs? Exactly. Precisely. Oh, there's a word that I was about to use for that comment, but I better not. No, please don't. That is PK. How do you say truth in German? That is Gordon. Are we going to be nice? We've got, we've got, we've got like 45 minutes to go here in, of this roundtable. We gotta, we gotta get along. I, I didn't start it. And when, yeah, you did. And when you people, did start when, it. Whose oh, show would please, you rather be come on? Come on, I was kidding around. Besides, so was I. when Kyle Whittingham comes on your show, you two are yucking it up like longtime buddies. We are. You did accuse him of double dipping. <laughs> he That's does. where it started. That's where it started. There's no accusations no, this, this, if this it's con- true. This conversation was totally uncalled for. I agree. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. In fact, let's break it up, shall we? We've got more of the big show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.